was a beautiful Saturday afternoon at Stanford Stadium. The Cardinal had just beaten the UC Davis Aggies by 20 points. And there I was on the field at Stanford Stadium, annoyed. Why? And by the way, I have a feeling I'm not quite the only one. We're going to talk about it. That's what this uh, TreeCast is all about. Sunday, September 16th, 2018. Good morning, or at least this morning as I speak right now. Certainly glad that you've decided to join us on another edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Starring me, Troy Clarity. Thanks for being here with us. We're going to talk about Stanford's 30-10 win over the UC Davis Aggies. And I'm really looking forward to bringing you uh, these two interviews with Stanford wide receiver Osiris St. Brown. Nice moment for him, a 53-yard catch in the second half that led the way uh, to a Stanford touchdown. And Elijah Holder, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know uh, this young man over the last couple of years or so. Uh, Holder helping to pace another stellar defensive effort uh, for the Stanford Cardinal against the UC Davis Aggies. And uh, we went over a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm really uh, glad that I caught up with Elijah Holder. Uh, and you're going to hear that chat coming up in just a few minutes. So Elijah Holder, Osiris St. Brown, those are our guests uh, giving us some help here on the TreeCast. I'm Troy Clarity, 26th season of following Stanford football and also Pac-12 Network play-by-play announcer. When it comes to this time of year with the Pac-12 Network, I've got soccer to deal with. Matter of fact, after I get this in the bag, heading down to the farm for a uh, soccer doubleheader, Stanford men taking on uh, Delaware and the Stanford women, top-ranked in the country, facing number 7 Santa Clara. That should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to bringing those games to you. But first... Let's put the wraps on Stanford's win over UC Davis. 30-10, to 10, as mentioned, the final score. Uh, UC Davis scored first, and they scored last. But in between, Cardinal did all the scoring. As UC Davis got a 3-0 lead, and it was almost 10-0 after a ball that was initially ruled a fumble, K.J. Costello, uh, clearly in the act of, uh, of, of, of uh, committing a forward pass, uh, the ball landed even forward about five yards away from where, or five yards downfield from where Costello was. It was scooped up and run back for a touchdown as ruled by the officials, but the officials went back to replay and made the correct decision uh, that it was an incomplete pass and not a fumble. Then KJ threw a pick, I believe, a couple of plays later. But still, it remained 3 nothing. Could have been 10 nothing, and it could have been real panic mode uh, for Stanford at that point. And look, it did not get off to a good start for the Cardinal. Let's just be let's just be honest with it here. But Stanford found a way offensively to play much better, led by KJ Costello, and they were able to put it together in the second, third, and fourth quarters to get the 30-10 win and run their record to 3-0 on the season. Costello, 17-30, 214 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. More on those in a second. Caden Smith, a nice day, six catches for 68 yards. No Bryce Love. Stanford still able to run for 137 yards. Trevor Spates leading the way with 11 carries for 87 yards. And another solid effort by the Stanford defense. For a while, it seemed that the Cardinal were going to get out of another game by only allowing back, by only allowing three points in back-to-back games. Then Davis got a touchdown on the very last play of the game. That kind of irritated me a little bit. That 
maybe explains part of why I was a little bit annoyed because I wanted to see Stanford uh, giving up only three points in back-to-back games. That would have been pretty cool. But still, overall, solid defensive effort by Stanford, even when UC Davis's entire offense, it seemed at one point in the game, at least the first three quarters, was to throw it to Keelan Doss. Look, that dude is a good wide receiver, and he could very well make a big impact on the next level, and UC Davis knew it. First half of the series, or the first half of the game, UC Davis ran 31 offensive plays. Keelan Doss had 16 targets. More than half of UC Davis's offensive plays went towards Doss. Doss was targeted 25 times the entire game. He ended up with 13 catches, but for only 106 yards. And UC Davis had some moments, and they had some opportunities But Stanford defensively was able to come through more often than not and make big plays. Thomas Booker, that young man getting an interception off the uh, rush by a Casey Tuhill, knocking the pass into the air, and Booker showing some athleticism and making the grab and uh, recording the interception. That was a very impressive play, one of several for the Stanford defense. So all in all, it was a win for Stanford. And David Shaw in his post-game press conference said, look, we're not going to apologize for winning. We're, gonna, we're not going to act like we lost just because some people didn't think that we won the game by as many points as we should have. We won the game. And he's right. He's right. Overall, grand scheme of things, he is right. 3-0 still beats the heck out of 2-1. But there were some annoying things about this game and some things about this game that just kind of kind of stuck in my craw a little bit and have me a, a little bit concerned about some things going forward we'll talk about that in a moment but first i want to i want to get some good stuff in here on the show as mentioned nice moment in the second half osiris st brown the young redshirt freshman wide receiver from Southern California, the latest in a long line of, of St. Brown wide receivers. You remember his brother Equinemius, uh, who played for uh, Notre Dame, graduated this past season. And Amon Ra, uh, his brother down at uh, USC right now. Boy, Trojans kind of took it on the chin a bit last night down in Austin. But uh, Osiris St. Brown, just one catch, but it was a big one, literally. A 53-yarder, that was the longest play of the entire game for both teams combined. After the game, I caught up with Osiris St. Brown in the Stanford locker room, and the first thing that, that, that he offered up were, were his thoughts on what it took to beat UC Davis. Uh, it was all about us. Uh, coach said it all week. You know, we got to focus, even every game, every week it's all about us. We got to worry about our job, our assignments, and we got to execute. And, you know, it took, it took us a little while to get going in the beginning. Defense held us down a couple times, but at the end, I think we pulled through and we got the victory. So that's all we could look forward to. Big play for you in the second half of 53 yarders you got behind the entire Davis defense. Take me through that sequence from the play call, what was going through your head yeah. then, and through the entire play. Okay, so funny thing is we've actually been working that since. I want to say since like training camp. So it's been a couple of weeks. We've been running the same type of plays. 
Um, and I was just ready for it all week, you know. Coach said, you know, stay ready for it, stay ready for it, because we're going to call it. So I was just ready for it, and we ended up calling it. And I just, I just took the opportunity and, and tried to do what I'd usually do. And I just I took, took the top off the defense. KJ gave me a good ball, and we completed it, so it looked good. What do you like most about what this offense has been able to accomplish so far this year? And what are some things that, that, that you want to see this offensive squad improve on? Uh, I like how, we're, how we're, we have a good, like, we, this year we're really establishing a good run game with a good passing game. I think last year we kind of struggled a little bit on that. But now, you know, JJ's been doing really well. Trent's obviously doing great. Caden's doing amazing. And then we got Bryce in the backfield and stuff. So I think that's just like a dynamic offense that's really going to cause problems for defenses. Maybe you're a slightly a different style of receiver, but what are some of the things that you do learn when you watch J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, do what he does, not just on the field, but also in practice as well? Uh, there's like a whole bunch of things I could probably go on, like a whole list, but just he, he teaches me on a lot of little things, like especially when I'm in and he's out, he'll like in practice, he'll he'll watch me run the route and he'll give me little tips like, okay, he's pressed and he's playing outside. You got to look where the safety's at, like he knows coverages, so he'll tell me, okay, they might buzz over to you, so get ready to um, like, you know, get an inside release and he'll, you might be done with the corner, so don't even worry about him and then start looking for the safety and what he's doing. So just little things like that and that's that's basically what he's doing. He's like him and trying to really giving me a better mental uh, aspect of the game rather than just physical. So I really appreciate it. Obviously a big month for you playing USC and beating yeah. them last week. And you got Notre Dame coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, bragging rights yeah. uh, on the line here for you. How, exactly. how, how special are those two particular games for you? Uh, they're huge. I mean, SC's always huge. I know a bunch of people on the team. Grew up with a lot of them. Played with a lot of them. My brother's on the team. So it's just it's just going to be huge, especially for bragging rights for him. I mean, my older brother's not at Notre Dame, but, you know, I could talk trash my younger brother for a whole year now or maybe even to the Pac-12 championship if we see him again but other than that I mean it's it's always fun playing playing people you know I think it, it makes it more like a more like a friendly competition type thing and that's always like I always look forward to those kind of games but first at Oregon initial yeah. thoughts on the Ducks and heading up to Eugene first road trip of the year yeah, true uh I mean this is probably this is gonna be my first since I didn't play last year I mean this is gonna be my first road game and they're, they're a loud loud stadium so it's gonna be interesting playing them but I think if we prepare right obviously focus on us we're gonna be ready uh, I know a lot of players there too, like Thomas Graham. I mean, I played him in high school. He's a really good player, um, so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to it's going to be tough. They're 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 really co- good, well coached team, and I think we're definitely going to come with our with our A game. Should be fun. Looking forward to it, Osiris. Thanks a bunch. Nice job out there today. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Yeah, really enjoyed catching up with Osiris St. Brown uh, right there with one catch for 53 yards, and he's right. They're going to bring their A game against Oregon. After all, it is the college football game of the week, as deemed by. ESPN. Hey, College Game Day is going to be in the house in Eugene. That's always pretty cool to see those guys on the scene. But Osiris with good stuff, and I'm glad he gave the shout out to J.J. Arcega Whiteside, who made two more touchdown grabs uh, with his three catches for 36 yards, all told. He's just a real matchup problem just for anyone, anyone out there. And Osiris could be a matchup problem. It's good to see him him develop as the season goes along. And and what are some of the things that we talked about that, that we've discussed on the TreeCast throughout the course of this early part of the season? Where is the yardage after the catch going to come from? I initially thought it was going to come from Connor Weddington, and it still could. It still very well could. But he's been on the shelf the last couple of weeks. Not exactly sure when he's going to return from his injury. Until that time... Osiris St. Brown might be in the mix uh, to help fill that role. But St. Brown with the big play, those are always welcome for Stanford offensively. That was a a nice moment. But overall, I found the Stanford offensive output against UC Davis uninspiring. 
I mean, yeah, KJ Costello did play better after throwing those two early picks. Those were those were pretty ghastly. He was not sharp early on. Two of seven for two inter- with two interceptions uh, at the start of the game. But he did rebound nicely, fifteen to twenty-three the rest of the way with two touchdowns for the remainder of the game. So he did play better, but not his sharpest start. What was it? Uh, I believe on the first or second play of, uh, from scrimmage of the game. No one was covering Colby Parkinson in the slot. No one for UC Davis. They finally walked a linebacker out there. KJ didn't even look in that direction. I'm sure when he looked at the film and when he looks at the film of that sequence, he's going to kind of put that into his uh, mental Rolodex for something to check on and remember later on because that would have been an easy six. Colby Parkinson on any linebacker, uh, that, that's, that's, that's six points right there. So I, I wish that there were moments where KJ had exploited some matchups better. I'm sure that I'm sure that he's right there with me in that assessment, and the coach is there too. This was not the offensive tackle's best hour. At Hall struggled, I think, a little bit at times. He's had some he's had some sequences in games so far this year where where things just have not gone his way. Penalties, um, letting guys through. He was. A bit shaky at some times throughout the course of the game against UC Davis. And Walker Little, uh, he, he's, he's battling injury. He had a really rough afternoon. Nice block on the six-yard touchdown run by uh, Cameron Scarlett to uh, lead the way as uh, Stanford uh, got the touchdown run by Scarlett in the third quarter, take a 27-3 lead. That was a nice moment for Walker Little, but... Nice moments, quite honestly, were few and far between for that young man, unfortunately. Not his finest hour. Not his finest hour. That's going to need to get better. Tackle play, I thought, left a lot to be desired. And Shaw also noted in his post-game press conference that, that he's pretty unhappy right now with how things have developed at the left guard spot. Brandon Fanica played almost the entire game at left guard in that spot before Stanford started to to empty out the depth chart and empty off the bench. But Benica playing much of that game, apparently still not up to the standard that David Shaw and the Stanford offensive uh, uh, coaching uh, brain trust has set. Foster Sorrell, of course, he's going to be out for who knows how long. Saw him on the field after the game, hobbling around. It's like, man, man, Stanford needs that guy back. Devery Hamilton did not play against UC Davis. So left guard has been an issue for David Shaw and the Stanford offensive coaches throughout the season. And because I think largely of the over of, of the offensive line struggles, the running game has been a bit of a disappointment really throughout the entire season. You would have expected that Stanford would have come right out from jump and pushed UC Davis around. That didn't necessarily happen until the game was completely and totally out of control and in Stanford's favor. That didn't really happen against UC Davis. And the troubling trend that we have seen of one guy being unblocked and that one guy getting to the ball carrier and stopping and preventing the big play. We saw it all throughout the San Diego State game. We saw it throughout USC. 
And we saw it again throughout UC Davis. It was good to see Jesse Burkett back as he retook his his place at center among the Stanford offensive line. That was that was nice to see. But with the revolving door of uh, on the left side, particularly with guys being injured and guys being shuffled in and out. Right guard is fine. Nate Herbig has been superb so far this year, it seems, from my from my relatively untrained offensive line eye. But, look, I've seen enough football to know when offensive lines are doing well and when they're not, and when individual offensive linemen are doing well, doing well and when they're not. Nate Herbig has brought it every single week. The others? Eh, mixed bag. Mixed bag to this point. And whether it's... The blocking schemes are kind of off or, and look, let's get, let's give the other teams credit. They're trying to stop the Stanford rushing game. They, they know what's coming. They're trying to prevent it all. I get it. But it's just always that one guy, that one guy that Stanford has been leaving unblocked. That's been able to make the play. Stanford's got to find a way to combat that and to turn that around. So I was, I was a little annoyed, mostly because of, of, of that very reason. I was also annoyed by Stanford's inability to stay on schedule on first down. And I walked into the Stanford radio booth before the game, and uh, Todd Huzak, former Stanford quarterback and Stanford uh, color radio network color commentator, uh, said, look, Troy, check this out. I want you to track second downs. How, how, how many yards to go on average does Stanford have on second down? So I sat down and I, I did the math and I computed it. And entering the day, Stanford was averaging 9.56 yards to go on second down. Nine point, basically, it's second and 10 on average when Stanford has the ball. That's not good. For a team that prides itself on running the ball as effectively as it can on first down and staying on schedule on first down, making sure that it's second and manageable and third and short, if not back to first down. Cardinal haven't done that at all for the most part this year. 9.56 yards to go on second down. Entering, entering the game. How did Stanford do against UC Davis? Stanford's average yards to go on second down against the Aggies on Saturday? An even 10 yards. An even 10. So that means that Stanford, for the season, the first three games of the year, is averaging 9.7 yards to go on second down. And that is one of the pillars. First down efficiency is one of the pillars that, that, that David Shaw hangs his hat on when he's assessing Offensive efficiency and production. That has not been there at all this year. It hasn't. So you add all of those things together, and yeah, that, that's why I was a bit annoyed. A bit annoyed. I wasn't annoyed by the Stanford defense for the most part. More on that in a second. First, a couple of reminders. This is the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last name is C-L-A-R-D-Y. At Troy Clarity. You got thoughts on Twitter? 
I certainly appreciate them. Hashtag TreeCast is the best way by far to make sure that I see your thoughts. Hashtag TreeCast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. I certainly appreciate those of you who have uh, reviewed and rated the show to this point. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep it going. Tell others about it. Subscribe to the program, rate it, and review it on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. That way you can be the very first to hear these shows. Well, besides me, of course, because I host them and put them together, but you know what I mean. Be the very first to hear these shows as soon as they come out. So you can hear interviews like this with Elijah Holder. Because, look, I have very little quarrel with Stanford defensively for the third week in a row. Yeah, they gave up 4th and 17 right before the half. 4th and 17, UC Davis went for it from their own 47-yard line. And they got it. Keelan Doss with his biggest game of the, biggest play of the game, 22-yarder. You know what? Tip your cap. Tip your cap. And yeah, they gave up that last touchdown at the very end of the game. But really, on the whole, Stanford contained Davis. They got the job done. And Elijah Holder was a pretty large reason why. Six total tackles and three passes defensed for the veteran from Southern California. Caught up with Elijah Holder after the game, and the first thing we talked about was, was his thoughts on the defensive effort for Stanford against UC Davis. Uh, tackling, I feel like in the first half uh, we, had, we had a few missed tackles, several missed tackles. Uh, we came in the second half. Coach Anderson, Coach Kina, and all the defensive coaches really were just getting on us about just wrapping up, just the simple stuff. Again, I feel, I feel like just consistency was a big part of this game and kind of how we rallied back, you know, to, to do better in the second half was just being more consistent, doing the things that, you know, we've been coached to do and uh, just executing. So, Keelan Doss, 25 targets through the course of the game, and I don't even think that he even took a snap at all in the fourth quarter. Fairly productive day for him, but, but still seemed a bit limited as well. What were some of the things that, that you guys are trying to do out there to try to, to limit him from making absolutely huge plays out there? Uh, so, yeah, we noticed that they were trying to circulate the offense through him, so we kind of... Uh, we kind of did adjust. We kind of, you know, did a little bit more cloud coverage um, on both sides. We noticed that they were pretty much just throwing the ball into the boundary. Uh, was a big tell, and that's kind of they were just throwing quick game pretty much the whole time. They they take some shots, uh, but I can't say maybe they got one. They caught one of those. So really, it was just a it was just a quick just a quick throws game. Um, you know that stuff that stuff is annoying, but it can't. We don't we don't see it as beating us. We're just seeing it, you know, as a as a nuisance offense. Um, and, you know, he did a good job. The coaches did a good job, you know, getting him in position where he would catch the ball, you know, uh, right out of the quarterback's hand, just real quick throws. But we also did a good job adjusting to that and recognizing that, and that's just credit to our coaches. Yeah, 13 catches, but for only 106 yards. And overall, defensively, Stanford uh, performing very well as a whole so far this season. Kind of a little annoyed by that last little touchdown at the very yeah. end of the game. But, you know, sometimes that happens. How do you feel about what this defense has been able to accomplish so far this season? Uh, I have two feelings. My my first one is I am prideful. I am proud of my defense. I mean, I, I feel like uh, a lot of people have been coming up to me asking me questions about you know the run defense, what what my run defense or our run defense is going to look like this year. Asking about my defensive line. I got a lot of those questions at the Pac-12 media days, and I feel like they've been showing out. Like those guys up front have been doing a great job for us on the back end. They've been getting uh, our front seven has been getting great pressure, and that's you know creating opportunities for us. So far, we have 
two picks in the secondary. We have three picks overall, you know, in the first three games. So we're, we're getting turnovers, uh, and I think that's just credit to the whole structure of the defense working well, and we're understanding uh, where the pressure's coming and, you know, how, how quickly the quarterback's going to have to get the ball out. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like first is just prideful, and then second, uh, you know, we just got to understand we, we got to play at a higher, you know, higher level than we've been playing. Um, uh, I can't say that we're better than what we've put on tape because, you know, this, the, the tape is who you are. And, um, but I just know from practice and just, you know, being around my team long enough, I know we, we have the potential to be great. And we haven't been playing, you know, what, what we did today was not a great performance. It was a solid performance. It was, it was what needed to be done, you know, to secure a win, a win but it, it's not us. You, like you guys have not seen, uh, you know, the, the secondary, you have not seen our front seven in full effect. Uh, and I feel like the same can go with the offense. Like you have not seen us peak yet. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, that's what uh, our uh, captain Alamine, you know, mentioned in the locker room. We haven't peaked yet, and that's a good thing because there's, there's a lot for us to work on. Uh, we all recognize that, and uh, I, I got the feeling we're all pretty excited for what's to come. I'm excited for Paulson Adebo. What are some things that you've seen from him so far? I'm excited for him, too. He's a he's an athlete. He's a playmaker, and he's doing a great job. Like, um, this is his third game playing, and he's he's making plays. He's wrapping up. He's doing the right things. He's doing the, he's doing the smart things, too. Um, I expect him to be a, a big playmaker, you know, throughout this year. Uh, we're going to put him in positions where he's going to be, you know, making plays. And, uh, you know, he's a finisher, too. Uh, so I'm expecting some big things from him and for the rest of his career. I'm really looking forward to watching him play. As we wrap this up, it's great to see you back out on the field. Miss San Diego State. That had to have been killing you, at least on some level, but mm-hmm. making the return against USC and playing, of course, again uh, against UC Davis. A, how does it feel to be back out there? And B, what are some things on your plate for the season ahead? Uh, I mean, it's a blessing to be back out there. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a long career here where, you know, I've had some ups and I've had some downs. Um, but, you know, I've, I've learned that you just got to fight through everything and you got to be just thankful for every chance that you get because, you know, this time is very limited in our lives, you know, as college football athletes. You know, uh, we had Solomon Thomas come back. He was our honorary captain for uh, the San Diego State game. And he was just, he was emotional just talking about how great the locker room was. And, you know, I've been, you know, it's my fifth year and I've been taking the same attitude, just being, just being completely grateful and just thankful for every chance that I get to be around my guys and, you know, be back on the field making plays. So it's been great to be back out there. Um, And for myself, I feel like I, kind of like my team, I just feel like there's a lot of potential and we've not peaked yet. Like myself, I feel like I've, I'm getting there and I'm, I feel like I'm right at the cusp of just playing, you know, lights out. Um. So I'm excited. I, I just love to watch the film. I can't wait to watch the film, you know, tonight, see, see what I can get better at, internalize, and, you know, execute the following week. Looking forward to seeing it all yeah. trend upwards, especially starting next week at mm-hmm. Oregon. Elijah, thanks much as always. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. I'll see you. Yeah, that was fun. I, I really, really like I always enjoy talking with Elijah Holder, but uh, that was, I, I thought, a particularly insightful, uh, insightful conversation as we had with him in the immediate aftermath of Stanford's 30-10 to 10 win over uc davis and uh solid effort tackling was was better especially as the game went along you know how much i've harped on tackling uh for the stanford uh defense uh, throughout the course the only part of this season and he, he said it and i was right there when he was fielding uh a few of these questions at the pac-12 media day festivities down in los angeles back in july he was you, you kind of get the sense that he was a little sick and tired of having to answer questions for for the, for the guys up front, particularly for the defensive line. 
they've come to play. That the, the Stanford front seven has has really really helped lead the way uh, for this entire uh, Stanford defense, and the secondary has really uh, taken over as well. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to watch that Stanford defense, and it brings up brings up a tweet that that I received from at Mike Hollow One. He asks, "Is it a stretch to say the defense is kind of carrying this team?" Mike, let me stop you right there. Not a stretch at all. Not a stretch at all. Matter of fact, I I think it's the truth. I really do. Mike's tweet continues, It's shocking to even be considering this after all the preseason talk about how good this offense should be. Frankly, the O-line play has been underwhelming, especially in the run game. That tweet again from Mike Hollow one as he uh, sent that uh, to me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Yeah, Mike, I, I, no arguments here. <laughs> You're not going to get any arguments with me uh, for, from those thoughts. But I, I really think that, that really everything could have been summed up in that first sentence. It is not a stretch to suggest that the Stanford defense is carrying this team. I don't think so at all. And look, Stanford offensively has done good things. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, with the virtuoso performance against San Diego State, 226 yards and three scores. He's been a beast so far this season. But I I think because Stanford has not been able to get the running game on track, largely mirroring what the expectations that, that a lot of us have of Stanford football, and I'm sure a lot of the Stanford coaches have of Stanford football as well, because that isn't happening. And because Stanford is is winning offensively by, by getting big plays and converting long third downs when they need to, which is nice, which is nice, but it's still not consistent enough. What has been consistent? That's Stanford defense. They have by far been the more consistent unit so far this season. I don't even think it's really close. I really don't. So no, not a stretch at all to suggest that Stanford's defense is carrying this team. As a matter of fact, I think it's the truth. I think it's the truth. I do know this. A lot of things to work on as now we really start to get into the meet of the Pac-12 schedule. Of course, Notre Dame coming up in a couple weeks, but but look, Stanford's going to need to play much, much, much better going forward than what we saw against UC Davis. Much better on both sides of the ball. Particularly offensively. I feel very confident about Stanford's defensive uh, chances against Oregon and Justin Herbert, who didn't complete 50% of his passes, by the way. But he still threw for over 300 yards <laughs> against San Jose State. That was that's he had one of those uh, Jonathan Smith, who's now the head coach at Oregon State. That was one of his old stat lines. Remember him back when he was the quarterback for the Beavers back in the day, and he was throwing to T.J. Hushmanzada and and Chad Johnson, now Chad Ochocinco. Remember some of his stat lines would be like 16 to 34 for like 330 yards. That's pretty much what Herbert did against San Jose State last week. But I, I still, and we'll talk about this as the, as the week goes along. I still have questions about Oregon. I still have questions. And this, by far, will be their biggest test to this point in the season. 
So Oregon's got some things they need to answer, too, in my mind. So does Stanford. So does Stanford. And things change when you go on the road. Ask Arizona State. So this is a big, big, critical test for both Stanford and the Oregon Ducks. But good to see that Stanford passed a test against UC Davis. Looked a little scary for a moment, as Stanford games tend to do. But they regroup and they put it together and they get back in the win column. 3-0. And now it's on to Eugene. Looking forward to previewing this game later on this week on the next TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Thanks again to our guests. Two outstanding post-game chats, I thought, with wide receiver Osiris St. Brown and cornerback Elijah Holder. Also, thanks to you, of course, for listening to us on another TreeCast. Subscribe, rate, and review the show if you've not done so on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? Do it now. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, awesome. If you don't like the show, that's cool. Tell me about it. What can we do to make the show better? That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. Looking forward to talking to you later on this week. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. See you next time on the TreeCast with Troy Clayton.